the episode is over, but there's so much more you can get from our Facebook group. Come to the Mindset for Medical Moms Facebook group community at the link in the show notes and discuss all the things about the podcast. Also, you can get coached for free. Come and ask me questions and connect with fellow medical moms. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much. Hello, beautiful medical moms. Welcome back to the podcast. This episode is inspired by an experience I had on Friday. We unexpectedly had no kids for the evening. My brother-in-law took my kids and I was like, yay, date night. So we went out to dinner to one of the sushi restaurants around us that we love. We actually hadn't been back to it in a while and it was so exciting to be able to go. And I always get a very specific role. It's one of my favorite things to eat there. It's always so phenomenal. And so we got like an appetizer, we're just talking and the roll comes out and I start to dig in and I hit something hard, like chewy and tough. And I'm like, that's odd. I don't even know what I'm eating. At first I thought it was rice. Then I thought it was a cucumber. And then I realized it was the avocado. And I was like, that's so strange. The avocado is chewy. And I'm not talking about like, it was like fibrous, like hard and chewy. And I was like, like tougher than celery. Like it was like such a weird leathery texture. And I was like, this is unfortunate. And I thought it was one bad piece of avocado because, you know, things happen. And then I took another bite of the roll and it was really gross. It got worse. Like I love the avocado parts of this sushi roll and it was just all throughout it. And it was like, I went through two rolls and I was like pulling out chunks of this avocado that was so fibrous and chewy. And right as I had finished my first roll, the waitress had come up and was like, how's everything going? And I immediately, my husband was like, before she came up was like, do you want me to say something? And I was like, no, that was my first initial reaction. And then the waitress had come up and asked us and I said, without missing a beat, oh, everything's fine. And she turned around and smiled and walked away. And my husband was looking at me and just like laughing. And I was just like, I think I'll be fine. And then I went to my second one and I'm pulling out these chunks of chewy avocado. And he was like, just giving me a look of like, come on, like this is so unnecessary. And I was like, okay, fine. Like I had to give in because I really wanted to enjoy this sushi roll. And I felt so bad. I felt so much guilt saying something about it. So we finally, I apologized profusely about it. And I was like, I'm so sorry. I never do this. I wanted her to know so badly that I, I am not the kind of person that causes trouble, right? Like I am a good person. I don't create problems. I don't complain. I, I'm the type of person I am a people pleaser, you guys. This is a confession. Not really. This is something that I'm aware about myself, but it comes up in ways that usually I ignore. And this sushi experience made me realize, wow, what other areas of my life have I have just ignored people pleasing because how uncomfortable it can be to notice. I have told myself that it's better this way. It's less hard for me, but th these are all lies. And I'm the type of person that if you want to sit me in a corner next to a bathroom, sure, I'll do it. Whatever. <laughs> sure, I can sit here. I'll sit there. And I had felt very uncomfortable when she had come back and I was trying to explain. And I just assumed, I'm like, she's going to think I'm lying. She's going to think I'm dramatic. This is, I'm going to be so high maintenance. And they were very kind. They had no problem taking it back. My husband said that he overheard someone else saying something about it and that they might, might have just had some bad avocados. And the waitress, someone else from the restaurant came and apologized and like comped the role. And I, that all made me very uncomfortable. It ma didn't make me uncomfortable, but I was thinking this is so uncomfortable, which made me feel uncomfortable. But it was this act of 
saying something that I wanted and knowing that it was going to create more work for someone else, more discomfort maybe for other people, me pointing this flaw out. And even though I was paying for it, both physically or financially and through my physical eating of it, I did not want to make them uncomfortable. I was willing to eat chewy avocado and spit out the pieces. Then just say, hey, this sushi roll is bad because I want to be perceived as good. And that is the story of all of us people pleasers. And in this moment, it was not like I was surprised with my own behavior. I'm not very confrontational when it comes to these things. But it also made me pause because of all the things that I could be more confrontational about or more direct about the sushi roll is not that big of a deal. Like of all the things that I would want to confront someone about or confront people about my needs or say something about, this thing is like such a low risk thing. And I think that in those low risk moments, when we are people pleasing, those are the moments where we reinforce those bigger moments. Those small, low-risk options of people who genuinely wanted me to like my food, like the restaurant wants their customer service to be good. They want to know how your food is. They ask you specifically because they want good reviews. They want a good reputation for taking care of their customers. So in all of these circumstances, this should have been very simple for me to just say, yeah, the avocado is bad. And then they say, oh, I'm so sorry. Here's a new one. But in my mind, it felt very dramatic for me to do. And that's why I want to talk about it because I know I'm not alone. I know that so many of you struggle with people pleasing and speaking up for yourself. And I want to dive into what people pleasing is and how you can, in small, simple ways, create new habits around these kinds of things. And I'm going to do it too. I'm going to be right there with you. I'm thinking of creating some kind of like little people-pleasing challenge over in the Facebook group, and we can talk about our wins in people-pleasing. First of all, people-pleasing is essentially deeming your discomfort as less of an issue than someone else's. Like someone else's discomfort is way more important than your own. And this means like the discomfort of the server hearing that the sushi roll is bad is more important than my discomfort for eating the chewy, gross avocado. And I love avocado, you guys. This was so gross. Your discomfort is not as important as speaking to one of your children's doctors or your own doctor saying something like, yeah, I actually want a second opinion. But you don't want to say that because you don't want to make the doctor feel bad. You don't want to make the doctor think that you don't like them or that they that you don't appreciate their hard work. Or your neighbors who maybe are really loud at night. It's difficult to say something to them because you're like, you know what? I can just put on headphones. I could just put in earplugs. It's not that bad. My discomfort is not as bad as their discomfort. And there is a direct flaw with this thinking because it makes you the creator of their feelings. And we know this is not how feelings are created. You don't create other people's feelings. They do. So for all I knew, the waitress could have been happy or Uh, indifferent or curious or disappointed in the chef, right? Had It could have nothing to do with me and everything to do with how they are thinking, how they are processing the circumstance in front of them. People-pleasing is especially common for women because we are socialized to see our needs and desires and wants as problems. From a very young age, girls and women are told indirectly and directly sometimes that 
their needs should not come first. Your needs are selfish. You need to be polite. That means you don't speak out of turn. You don't share obnoxious opinions. You don't uh, take more than you need, which again, you don't need that much because having needs is bad. That you should be understanding You should give the people the benefit of the doubt. You should make excuses for people to keep the peace. Keep the peace is something that has never really sat well for me growing up because I have always been opinionated. And I think a lot of people pleasers are actually opinionated. And in some circumstances, they feel very comfortable sharing their opinions But then there is like some sort of social backlash that keeps them kind of restrained in other areas of their life. And as I grew up into adulthood, I assumed that most of the reasons why I wasn't being taken seriously was because I was a child or a teenager. But then when I was an adult and still not taken as seriously because I thought like, oh, I would be taken more seriously as an adult with my strong opinions. But no, instead I was called bossy. I was called a rude, an instigator, right? Because when you share your opinions, when you share your needs and wants, and you don't know how to do that effectively, or people aren't used to you doing it in a direct manner, you will be labeled those things because that's how we have been socialized to see our roles as women. And the other side of people pleasing, which is, why it's so hard to catch in those moments is that people pleasers care deeply about how other people feel, right? This empathy is so beautiful. It is so earnest and a good thing. People pleasing is protective. It is serving you to an extent in some areas of your life. And I don't want you to listen to this episode and think like, oh, here's just another flaw of mine. People pleasing is not just an automatically negative thing, but it does have a lot of negative consequences when when we don't see the positive qualities that we can use in other areas that we don't have to keep the rest of people pleasing. Because caring about how other people feel often results in worrying about what they think of you first. So instead of caring about someone's discomfort, you're also equally or even more so caring about how they think of you and how they perceive you. And you want to be perceived in the right way because you're also very worried about how you will feel. And if you feel uncomfortable or if you feel like you're being mislabeled or judged, that's uncomfortable. And you don't want that. So you want to feel at peace. You want to feel calm and confident and happy. And you think that making sure people perceive you the right way by putting other people's needs before yours is going to do that. And if you stay really polite and really quiet and nice and keep the peace, you'll be perceived as a good person. Someone that is liked and likable and lovable. And in order to stay a good person, you can't have too many needs, you can't have too many opinions, and you can't express your frustrations or create contention. Right? And I am very pleased to tell you all of this is a lie, my friends. This story is seen in so many different ways. Obviously, there's lots of variations to this, but it's all about, it's going to be a little bit different for each of us, right? What were the things that you were told made you good growing up as a woman um, or as a mother, right? What role did you have to play growing up? What responsibilities made you a good person when you were able to do this That was how you were rewarded, with love. And when you grow up with this kind of understanding, no wonder as an adult, you're like, wait, why is this not working as effectively as I thought it would? 
why am I not being perceived by everyone as this awesome, amazing person? Um, and this is all just a story. Socialized, socialization is just a, uh, form of belief, a belief pattern that has kind of just been widely accepted by people and passed down. And it can become biases. It can become a belief system because at the end of it, it, within sexism and racism and homophobia, all of these things are just belief systems that are continuously passed down. And so when we can look at that, when we can look at these systems that are in place, they all come down to what we are believing about the people around us and the world and ourselves. And that's why it's so important to understand that the story you have about staying polite and quiet and keeping the peace and making sure you're not too much or of this and too much of that and all of it is a lie. Are you magically cured of people pleasing yet? Of course not. The thing about people pleasing is we often know that we are people pleasers and yet we still do it. It's an addiction. We're like, well, it's okay. Just, I can just eat this chewy avocado. Who cares? I can just, I was convincing myself, you guys. I was convincing myself. And I'm honestly unsure if I would have said anything if my husband wasn't there, which makes me sad because. I should have done it. I should have. I did it. I did it. I'm proud of myself. Like when I tell people, I, when I've, I've said this a lot on the podcast, but I am my number one client because the thing about us people who like self-development and I'm all of you guys who listen to my podcast every week, when you are aware of your own patterns of behavior, you think, okay, if I can just get this pattern of behavior figured out, uh, I am good to go. But what happens is that you unlock something and you just find some other deeper thing that you didn't realize was there. You find another belief system, another pattern, another experience where it shows up in your life and you're like, oh, I got people pleasing unlock with my sister. I don't people please her anymore. But Oh, I've been people pleasing my people at work. All of my coworkers are, I am the go-to person for them to ask me to do things because I always say yes to them, right? So it's not about fixing yourself. It's not about finding your flaws. And my version of self-development is not about trying to evolve into this perfect person, but rather help you become who you are at your core, to really step into who you want to be and the life you want to live. And people pleasing is one of those things that has served you for so long. And it's time to ask yourself, is this still helping me? Is this still helping me achieve my goals and do the things that I want to do in my life? In some ways it might you might have learned good qualities like compromise and being able to be a team player and make it work out in large group settings. And sometimes this has come at the expense of your own needs and your own desires. Maybe you've compromised too much in your, in your relationships. Maybe you are overbooked and too busy because you can't say no. All of these things um, you might be aware of you might already know how your people pleasing shows up. And it's time to ask yourself. Let's stop. Well, it's time to ask yourself, what areas of my life are being negatively impacted by my people pleasing? And in the grand scheme of things, is my my life being negatively impacted because I'm like paying for a sushi roll that I didn't eat. In this one context, no, I could have gone there, not said anything, paid for it and walked out. But I did not have my own back initially. I am missing out on thinking of myself, of sticking up for myself, of being there for me. And that is what I want to reiterate to you today. In the grand scheme of things, one-off situations might not be life-changing, but sticking up for myself and having my own back and saying, I 
have a need, which was to go get dinner with my husband. And I didn't want to stick up for that need. I didn't want to have my own back then. I was going to just ignore it. And that is important. That is something significant in my life. That is life changing to continuously see my needs and be able to stand up for those needs is valuable. So you are probably aware of a time when you've totally disregarded your needs for saving face or keeping the peace or avoiding discomfort or an uncomfortable conversation. And the thing is, is I have a background in conflict resolution and peace building. I literally studied peace building and I got my degree studying conflict and how peace is formed within communities and between different communities. And the thing about peace is that in Western society, the phrase keeping the peace is code for shut up. It really is about um, understanding a a chain of authority and being like, okay, if the authority in the room has no problem, then you shouldn't have no problem. And you should not say anything that could make anyone else uncomfortable. That's the unwritten rule in families for keeping the peace, right? In a in a room of coworkers, it's like, okay, if your boss doesn't have a problem, you can't have a problem. In families, it's like, don't make your sister uncomfortable by speaking up. Don't make your father uncomfortable. Don't make other people uncomfortable with your opinions, with your appearance, with your choices, right? That is not how real peace is created. When we think of the world, when we think of different religious groups having to live together and work together, to have a healthy society, no one is going to agree on everything. And when we are able to coexist within a community with lots of different ways of thinking and believing and lifestyles, peace does not come from uniformity, everyone just being the same and everyone just bowing down to other people. Peace doesn't come from sacrificing your own needs for other people's comfort and well-being. Peace comes from being able to share your feelings, understand how to find resolution, and make amends when there are wrongs. These are skills that communities have to have, like being able to communicate to other people when it's uncomfortable and to deal with like a noisy neighbor or um, something going on in your neighborhood that impacts your life. Being able to understand other people, right, which is a really uh, a quality lots of people pleasers have, is being able to see it from other people's perspective, have empathy which so you guys already have that down, being able to understand another person so that you can find a resolution, finding common ground, and knowing how to say sorry, knowing how to make amends when there are wrongs, because peace is not the lack of conflict. Peace comes from being able to get through conflict without extreme means. Like conflict, people avoid conflict and then create war. And then it like combusts into war. So true peace is knowing how to navigate conflict. And this means even when you're in a restaurant and you get a yucky sushi roll. (laughs) Like this is my whole life. I've I've been a people pleaser so long. And I want to help you also not... Uh, be people pleasers in ways that can impact you negatively. And so this can start by finding these small ways that you avoid conflict, where you avoid this discomfort of navigating these small contentious issues through people pleasing. So we're going to stop avoiding these difficult conversations with waitresses or servers or nurses or doctors or our family members, we're going to stop sacrificing ourselves for other people's comfort. Because deep down, you are sacrificing so much of yourself 
First, you're sacrificing peace, your inner peace. And losing this consistency consistently will trick you into believing that your needs are selfish and rude and unkind and disrespectful and way too much because you have doled yourself down. You have stomped out the, the fact that you have lots of different needs and lots of different opinions and maybe you're loud and and want to dress loud and want to be a little wild sometimes, but you can't do that because you're a mom now and moms don't do that. Or that would just be too much and make other people uncomfortable. But this is not true. And when you are recognizing what you're sacrificing, you will understand the price you're paying because that's not it. You're, the second thing you're also sacrificing is connection in your relationships because authenticity is the key for good connection in relationships. And if you don't feel like you can be your authentic self because you're not truly being seen for who you are, if you are people pleasing in your relationships, you are compromising who you are and sacrificing your bits and pieces of yourself to conform to whatever you believe other people want. And this is uncomfortable. This is also a breeding ground for resentment with the people in your life. If you feel uncomfortable in your relationships, if you feel disconnected in your relationships, you have to start asking yourself, where are you sacrificing your true self in the relationships? Where are you not fully showing up as yourself? Where are you shaving yourself down a little bit so that you can be more, uh, you can be more easygoing, more comfortable. And look, I know that not all situations are safe to be your full self, especially if you are gay, if you are a minority, if you have, are in a community where you can't fully be like yourself for safety reasons. I understand that. I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about your willingness to be seen by those who you feel safe around. And you're still choosing to shave yourself away. Dull yourself down. Make yourself a little less for the comfort of other people. This is how resentment starts because you will engage with these people and then also just feel icky, feel a little bit resentment about interacting with them because you're not really being who you want to be. Which brings me to the third thing you're sacrificing. You are sacrificing confidence. Confidence in your like outside relationships. Think acquaintances, colleagues, coworkers, friends, the distant friends that you have that you see, you know, a few times a year or um, the acquaintances you want to catch up with every once in a while or colleagues you hang out with. The confidence you have in your career, the risks you're willing to take, the things you're willing to ask for, the salary increase you're willing to ask for, the friendships you're willing to make or invest in. You're sacrificing those things because you can't have true confidence when you are people-pleasing your way out of risks. And confidence includes taking risks. You might not think of it this way, but people-pleasers are risk-averse. They don't want to fail, especially publicly. Lots of people pleasers also have a problem with perfectionism. And when you don't take risks, you are avoiding being judged. And when you are not letting yourself be judged, you're keeping yourself small. This means you're not living the life you want to live. There are things you want to do that you are not doing because you are afraid of what people are going to think of you. You are afraid of being a beginner, you are afraid of um, how you'll be perceived. And you're not giving yourself the opportunities to explore all the things you want. 
because of those reasons. And confidence takes knowing yourself. And when you keep yourself small, when you're willing to sacrifice yourself for being nice, being a little less loud, more conforming to whatever it is you're around, whoever you are around, like this is easier for people to accept. You are not going to feel confident in who you are because you don't know who you are. And I will tell you, this is such a common problem for so many women. And when I ask them if they come into a consultation or if I'm coaching with them and I ask them, okay, specifically in our consultation, I ask women what they want. And a lot of them are like, aren't you supposed to tell me that? (laughs) And I'm like, no, you are supposed to know because, well, you're not supposed to know. You don't have to know to come to the consultation. But it's so common where people will come and just say, yeah, I don't know. And I thought you were going to tell me. And I'm like, why would I tell you what you want? And they're like, I honestly don't know. And then we have a good laugh. And then we talk about how to know what you want. Because this is what a consultation process is like. I have lots of questions to ask you to get to what you want. And so I do help you figure out what you want. But so many of us don't even know what we want in life, literally, in our one and precious beautiful life. Because we've only known how to prioritize other people's wants, other people's needs, and push down our own. And we, will, we are also taught that not only to do this, but that this will make us happy. This is the ultimate way to be happy, by sacrificing, being selfless, being um, adaptable, and all the other wonderful adjectives that can describe people who are just so easygoing and so easy to be around. And then you're not happy and you're like, hey, I have a good life. I've done all these things that I was told to do and I don't know what's wrong with me. I should be happier. And there's nothing wrong with you. It's the things that you're believing that are the problem. You as a person are not the problem. And here's the thing. I live in the real world. I live in the real messy world with messy kids who are loud I have a husband and a job and a house to keep clean and I understand how time-consuming everyday life is and I know that you're like, okay, I want to stop people-pleasing but I also don't have the ability to just decide to like, okay, all my needs are on my to-do list and how is that even possible while keeping up with all my other responsibilities day-to-day and I want you to know, you are not going to have to Ignore all your other responsibilities to take care of yourself. This is a lie that's perpetuated to keep women, especially, in their lane, subdued, meek, and mild, and unopinionated, and not loud. You don't have to abandon your children to take care of yourself. You're not going to abandon your responsibilities. You're not going to abandon anyone or anything, including yourself. You're not going to abandon you to get what you need done. And this means slowing down. Okay, you have to slow down because the part of people pleasing and the part of being in this role of saying yes to things is that we pack our schedules so full of things and we try to do all the things all at once So that there's not enough time for ourselves. And we've convinced ourselves that this is the right way to do things. But I don't want you to see it as like this linear thing of like, this is the highest priority thing. This is the next priority thing. I want you to see everything as equal in the grand scheme of things. Like, I want you to start seeing yourself as equal as the other parts of your to-do list. Obviously, sometimes vacuuming become comes before the dishes or vice versa. I'm not talking about that kind of to-do list. I'm talking about like when you're thinking of all the things you have to take care of, most women put themselves at the bottom. And I don't want you to be at the bottom. You're going to be in the mix of things. You're going to be equivalent to everything else. So here are four simple things to include in your life to help you stop people pleasing so that you can create more inner peace, 
more confidence and more connection in the relationships you have in your life and with yourself. And you will actually save time in the long run because you are already wasting so much time by overthinking about what other people think of you and how you'll be perceived and how to get people to like you. Your goodness never changes, my friends. So let's not, let's stop people pleasing. And to do that, the first step is to be honest. This is what I should have done in the restaurant. I should have told the truth, but I was lying. And most of you would be like, yeah, lying is bad. If I asked, is lying bad? I'm going to ask this in the Facebook group and wonder if people are going to, to check your guys. <laughs> you guys can be like, yes, lying is bad, except in a restaurant. Um, but if I asked you guys, hey, is lying bad? You're like, yeah, probably most of the time lying is wrong. But put us in this situation, restaurant situation, a table of people pleasers, and we will all see how easy it is to bypass this value we have of honesty because we don't want to be uncomfortable. So we are willing to lie to someone about how we feel when they ask, oh, is your food good? And we're like, yeah. I've done this so many times in restaurants, you guys. How often are you swallowing the truth? by telling a lie? How often are you saying everything is great when the truth is something is wrong? I realized the first time that I really wanted to do this, this was one of the first times I had ever felt confident in doing this was in the hospital with Zola and there was a nurse that I didn't like. There was nothing wrong with her, but we were just not on the same page, didn't like her vibes. I'm sure she was a competent, fine person had nothing to do with her and everything to do with me and I just said yeah no and I asked the charge nurse to get a new nurse for the night and it was so uncomfortable but I felt very good about it and this was such a learning experience for me because it really showed me that I can tell the truth and I'm allowed to tell the truth I saw a TikTok about a woman who got a tattoo of this like fish in a bowl and it was so ugly. It was so bad. And she's like crying in her car afterwards and she's getting it removed now. But she was like, I've been waiting for so long to get this removed. She's like, I got this tattoo. I saw it and said it was fine and then went into my car and sobbed because she was like, it was the ugliest thing I've ever seen. And this is such a great example of what women do is that we will look at someone's face and say, it's fine. I've done this about my hair. I've done this about food. I've done this about all kinds of things. And I know you guys have too. And it's time to tell the truth. The alternative, yes, is to feel uncomfortable. Telling the truth is uncomfortable. Having to tell the truth is not something you might be used to. But the thing is, is you're already feeling uncomfortable. You're feeling uncomfortable because you got a bad tattoo and you didn't say yes, or you didn't say, hey, this sucks. You got a um, food in at a restaurant and it was gross and you still said yes. It was fine. You're already feeling discomfort of experiencing something wrong. Lying about it doesn't take it away. So if you're going to feel uncomfortable either way, I want you to choose yourself. And choose to tell the truth. You're going to feel uncomfortable either way. Choose to tell the truth. Okay, the second step is to create a minimum baseline for yourself each day. I want you to ask yourself, what is something I need today? Not something that you need to do for the house, not something that you need to do for others, but what is one thing you can do for yourself today? Getting to know yourself takes time. Authenticity is something that people pleasers avoid because they're afraid of what other people are going to think of them. I have lots of episodes on like other people's opinions and other key people's comments, but this is definitely going to be part of that conversation because when you care about what people think of them, you're willing to adapt and um, do all this other kind of stuff. And it's not that being authentic is hard. It's just that you're in the habit of making it work for other people. So 
you got to get to know yourself. You have to be in touch with your own needs. Maybe it's a walk. Maybe it's alone time in the evening, a call to a friend, a workout class, a nap, reading a book, journaling, whatever it is, pick something that is your minimum baseline. This is the one thing you do for yourself today. This might take some creativity. This might take some time to figure out about how to make it work for your day or your schedule. Taking care of other people, though, is not a substitute for taking care of yourself. Okay, I want to reiterate that again. Taking care of other people is not a substitute for taking care of yourself. So who is taking care of you? Start with asking yourself each day, what is my minimum baseline? What is the one thing I'm going to do for myself today? And as I was writing this, I was thinking, oh, what's one thing for me? And it took several minutes to figure out. I was like, oh, I don't know what to do. Uh, I was like, nothing sounds appealing. How do I figure out this out? And I was like, okay. I was like, my mind was like racing and I had to pause and slow down. So people pleasers, you got to slow down because we often just want the answers really fast. I had to sit with myself. I had to pause. And I had to just think and let myself feel nothing for a second. And I'm feeling a lot of emotions today. So I picked journaling. After a few minutes, I was like, actually, I want to get all my feelings out. I want to not have all this junk in my brain. And I'm telling you, the best trick is to brain dump. Don't try to say like, dear journal, today my day went like this. No, just be like, okay, I'm feeling a lot of bullshit. Here's how I'm feeling. Here's why I'm feeling it. Here's how it makes me feel. It brought up this memory from my mom, blah, 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 blah. Like, get it all out. Just dump it out. No rhyme or reason, no editing, no grammar. Just dump it all out on a paper. And I love journaling like this. I don't try to solve anything. I don't try to uh, like even save it. Sometimes I'm just doing it on a note on my computer typing because it's so fast. And I just brain dump. Brain dump it out like I'm telling a friend, venting to my bestie on the phone. And it helps me process it. I encourage you to find something for you today. Something for your body, for your nervous system, for your brain. Something that will help you feel more connected to yourself. Okay, number three is to ask yourself what you think first. First of all, the idea of people pleasing in and of itself is so illogical, you guys. Because there is literally no way to people please everybody in the world. And there are people who will want you to be quieter. There are people who will want you to be louder. There will be people saying less, saying be less. There are people going to be saying be more. You can't win, literally. People pleasing is a lose-lose situation. You are always disappointing somebody. You're always losing in some capacity. Whether it's in your relationships, in the things you want to go after, your goals, but definitely with yourself. You're always losing with yourself. People pleasing for me is very much about reading people. And I learned this at a young age. My family life was unstable. And so in order to create stability, I read people's moods. And I'm very good at that. I can read people well. I can understand how to read people's vibes and energy and adjust to others' preferences. I learned to adapt to this as a kid. And so when someone doesn't obviously like me, it almost is like a challenge. I'm like, okay. Yeah, this is annoying. I'm going to get you to like me because you just don't understand how cool I am. And if I show you by demonstrating how cool I am by being so chill or funny, I'm going to show you that you can like me, that you should like me because I'm very likable. But what's really happening underneath all of that is that I'm twisting myself into all sorts of half-truth versions of me, which is manipulation, my friends. People pleasers are very good at manipulating themselves and others to help people create a false opinion. Because even if someone did like me after I started doing all this weird shit, I'm not even being myself. So they like a version of me that's not even real. So we're going to take a step back and decide that we are the ones 
with the authority here. Because the thing about people pleasing is that it puts all the power on other people. The people in your life, the people in your mind, like someone that you knew from sixth grade on Facebook, those people who you're like, oh, I wonder what they're thinking about me. The people in your memories, those people all have the authority over who you are and how likable you are. They get to determine if you're cool or funny or chill or whatever. But the power really lies with you. So instead of wondering if they will like you, I want you to start asking your own opinion first. Ask yourself, do you like them? Are they people that you want in your life? Do you like their energy or vibes? Do you want to be around them? Stop asking yourself if you or if they like you. Like, oh, I wonder if they like me. I wonder what they think of me. No, ask yourself if you like them. Ask yourself if you like stuff first. Do you like that restaurant? Do you like that movie? Do you like those clothes? What do you think of things? What are your opinions? Why don't you know where you want to go to dinner? What is your opinion? Ask yourself first. Give yourself that power and authority. Okay, last but certainly not least is to let people be wrong about you. Isn't that so exciting, my friends? (laughs) This is one of those ways that you just have to make the decision and then reaffirm it with your thoughts almost every day. And I know that might sound exhausting, but I promise you in the long run, this is going to be your key to freedom. Decide that it's okay for people to be wrong about you because you're nice like that and because you can't control it either way. You can obsess over the opinions of others, but it's not going to change anything in the end. They're going to make assumptions. They're going to make judgments and opinions on only a slice of who you actually are. So let them give up the illusion of control, the fantasy that you'll be able to get everyone to like you, and instead just let people be wrong. Because they are. Lots of people are wrong about you. And instead, I want you to start building a list of the things you love about yourself. Every day, ask yourself or do it in a journaling prompt. What is one thing I love about myself today? And I've shared this in other podcast episodes, but I would love it for you to create a notes app in your notes app on your phone, start creating a list and just add something every few days. Oh, I love my legs today. I love my um, patience today. Whatever it is. I love that I am vivacious. I love that I am quiet. I love that I read, right? Like just look at yourself, notice things about yourself, observe them and find the things you like, find the things you love. Keep going until at least a hundred things you have about yourself. Build a treasure box full of the lovely, amazing things about yourself. This helps when someone is wrong about you because When you don't have a good foundation of the things you love about yourself, you prioritize other people's opinions over your own. And so first, you have to start having an opinion. You have to start thinking of yourself. You have to start noticing yourself. Because if you don't, if you let other people's opinions become your inner voice, then every time another person's opinion sways, like, oh, one day I like you, one day I don't, that's going to be your inner voice. One day I like myself, one day I don't. It's okay not to like yourself all the time, but I want you to love yourself all the time. I want you to have your own back. I want you to be like, yeah, I'm annoying sometimes and I love myself. I make mistakes and I love myself. I have my own back. I know how to make amends with people. I know how to see other people's perspectives. I know how to create real peace in my life because I have my own back. We are all works in progress always evolving, progressing, and then freaking out and being hot messes. Life is messy. Life isn't full of linear progress, but you can make the messiness easier on yourself by liking who you are. And this is what I help my clients create. If you are ready to stop people pleasing and get to know who you are and get back 
all that time and energy you spend on other people's opinions, coaching is the best option for you. What we do is we take everything from this podcast and take it to the next level. I just made something an option that I've never done before, which is very exciting, but I've started to offer three-month coaching packages. And there is a link in the show notes on Instagram or on Instagram. There's a link in the show notes on the podcast or over on Instagram. There's always a link where you can schedule a coaching consultation to help you in your life build out that confidence that you want. And I really hope you sign up if you're listening to this today, because I can't tell you how much my life has changed because of coaching, but also my relationships and my marriage and all these other things in my life have improved because of it. I really want to leave you with this, my friends. You don't need others' permission to like yourself. You get to love yourself when others don't. You are allowed to like yourself when others don't. You get to love yourself when others disagree. And you get to like yourself when other people choose not to. This is how you start seeing yourself. This is how you build connections with yourself and the other people in your life. This is how you build confidence and go out and achieve your goals. This is how you get to create the things you want within this one precious life of yours. I want that for everyone who listens to this podcast. All right, my friends, let's keep chatting over in the Facebook group and I will see you next week. Bye-bye. The episode is over, but there's so much more you can get from our Facebook group. Come to the Mindset for Medical Moms Facebook group community at the link in the show notes and discuss all the things about the podcast. Also, you can get coached for free. Come and ask me questions and connect with fellow medical moms. I hope to see you there. Thank you so much.